0: Today on the Zabecast, is there such a thing as being too smart at quarterback, or is it code for something else? Should established superstars like Aaron Rodgers start speaking up when it comes to players they want to keep on offense? Broken bats, MVP voters, and dudes who kill spring break by getting married. All that plus the man with three faces? If you've got 45 minutes to kill, then buckle up and let's go!
1: <laughs> Here we go!
0: Tuesday, April 17, 2018. Thank you so much for downloading the Zabecast. Drew Olson from the Big 920 in snowy Wisconsin joining us in just minutes. But let's start with this. Here's one I don't think we've ever had before. And by we, I mean me in sports radio. And when I say here's one, I mean an argument or a topic or a discussion. It's rare that I come across things that I say, hmm, I am pretty sure I've never taken calls on this before. And we're talking 20, oh, 28 years now in the 28 years in the business, 1990, got into it as a professional, as a young professional, KTMS in Santa Barbara, California. 28 years, I don't ever recall this being a topic, but here's the headline. Is calling Josh Rosen of UCLA too smart, anti-Semitic? Josh Rosen, this is from a story, Jacob Bogage, Bogage uh, Washington Post. Apologies, Jacob, if I'm mispronouncing your last name. He writes the following. Josh Rosen sat for an interview for an ESPN the magazine cover story and was immediately confronted with the flaws that seemingly will undo him as an NFL QB, perceptions that he cannot control. Quote, you're a cocky, jerkish, overly opinionated rich kid who's too smart and has too many outside interests for his own good. ESPN senior writer Sam Alipore posed to the UCLA junior. That characterization stemmed from remarks made by former Bruins head coach Jim Mora, who claimed Rosen would not fit in some NFL cities because of a lack of a blue-collar, gritty attitude. Mora also said Rosen could be a game, a franchise changer, if coached correctly, so that was a compliment, but his mixed assessment, along with a strong pro day from Southern Cal Sam Darnold, has sent Rosen slipping down most analysts' mock drafts from the potential number one overall pick to somewhere in the top ten. Some observers, though, writes Mr. Bogage in the post, believe Mora's critiques leaned on racist tropes quote this is classic anti-semitism said ESPN personality Tony Kornheiser on his podcast last week quote absolutely classic anti-semitism that says we don't want this guy this guy's too smart now let me stop right there and say Tony is not right he's not wrong This is just his opinion, and as somebody who is Jewish himself, has a much keener ear and eye and sensitivity towards this than I would. What is interesting, or let me not back up, first thing we have to do is to say, well, who's saying exactly this guy is too smart? There's no one person that has come out, no scout, no draft expert, no coach, no GM who has said, you know what? We don't like our QBs that smart. His former coach, who has been fired, implied that he was too smart for his own good, that he had to be constantly challenged. But nobody ever said flat out, he's too smart, I wouldn't take him in the first round. So there is sort of a, you know, you take the synthesis, you synthesize a lot of different atmospheric quasi-opinions from talk radio, the internet, social media, various stories that are written, and you... You congeal it into something that I don't think anyone has ever said. Like, nobody has said, we don't want this guy, he's too smart. That is a synthesized comment that Kornizer has accumulated from all the chatter around the draft. I'm not saying that that synthesized opinion is necessarily wrong. It may be that people are like, hmm, I don't know. Wish he wasn't quite so strongly a." opinionated some guys didn't like the fact that he was quoted in a story as saying if Tom Brady has six rings I want seven and they're like I you know I believe it was uh, none other than the fall guy himself uh, former Vikings wide receiver um, Chris Carter who said he needs to just be quiet stop saying this stuff like I want seven rings you haven't done shit yet he didn't say shit I said shit Cornizer continued wait a second Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees, they're all really smart. Russell Wilson is really smart. There's no such thing as too smart. Unquote. I would agree with that entirely. Rosen is smart. Maybe it's that he's too opinionated. That could be one distinction that is important. When he came out and said very forcefully as a sophomore, hey, we should be getting paid as student-athletes. When he wore a fuck Trump bandana on a Trump-owned golf course and it was caught or photographed and posted to social media, that too was a little bit, hey, what's this dude all about? He's admitted that he comes from a wealthy, affluent, and educated family. His father was in the running to be the Surgeon General under Barack Obama. He is a renowned surgeon and is... Mother is a former journalist and the great great granddaughter of Joseph Wharton, he of the Wharton School of Business at University of Pennsylvania. Business School. I know this, whether or not it is or is not anti Semitic, either lightly anti Semitic or grossly anti Semitic. All I know is this. We've never had, well, at least we haven't had it that I can recall, an interesting case like, quite like um, Drew, uh, quite like Josh Rosen. What kind of QB is going to be as a pro? Could he be a washout? Does his money and his background from money matter? I think the religion part has nothing to do with nothing, because even though he might have been raised in a Jewish household, we don't know. I mean, how how faithful is he? How religious is he? And if he was religious, does that really matter? There's plenty of quarterbacks who are very religious as Christians. Uh, Philip Rivers, like hardcore Catholic. Look at all his kids. Pretty good quarterback. That doesn't matter. The smart thing, I don't know what that is. I, I don't know if anyone's saying he's too smart or that he's too opinionated or that he is too smart or I don't know. But how does a guy who's had some concussions, who comes from money, and does not come from the pedigree of a football family like the Mannings. You know, the Mannings grew up rich as well, so let's not kid ourselves on that front. And there have been other quarterbacks who have uh, grown up with a good, solid, and if not middle class, upper middle class background. So Rosen is not new in that regard, but he is new in that he's an interesting case. And yes, as a prominent Jewish athlete, of which there are not too many, my former colleague, Andy Poland, I'll ask him about this later in the week here on the ZabeCast. You know, since there's not too many of them, and Sandy Koufax being the, the mother of all great Jewish athletes, it's, uh, it's kind of rare, and so whenever there's a guy who's going to be drafted high in the NFL draft at quarterback and he happens to be Jewish, it creates a bit more attention. This is where the DJ talks. Don't say anything. Okay. All right, let's head to the Great White North, shall we? Oh, beauty. Go okay. All right, Drew Olsen on a Tuesday from beautiful, snowy Wisconsin, where it seems like winter, Drew, is chest-straddling you people and ground and pounding your face. Right. Yeah.
1: Now. It's the big brother
0: standing over here. Why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? <laughs> Why are you hitting yourself? Uh, hey, another snowstorm. Why are you doing that? It's April. Hey, another snowstorm. Oh. Stop doing that. Da- Bye, Billy. Stop doing that to me. It's insane. The cruelest month in
1: Wisconsin is usually April, um, but. No, it's, this is even on
0: steroids. It's it, awful. It really is bad. And and I know you guys want up from the mat. That was what killed me. When I lived in Northbrook, Illinois, which was, what, 60 miles to the south, 80 miles to the south? Yeah, in that, like that yeah. So you got a little less of the wintry shit, but not nah, much less. Same boat. It's basically the same boat, yeah. yeah. That was the thing that made me say, I'm not long for the Midwest, because... I don't mind how cold it gets in the winter and it would get bone ass cold as you well know. It's just that it, you know, spring never comes. It just did never, never 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 comes. Nope. And now I'm here in DC. It hadn't been much better in DC by the way this spring either. And I'm now at the point where I'm like, I'm even sick of this and I want to go to Arizona. Yeah. But that's uh yeah. That's a that's a that's a conversation with the misses. Do you think you could live in Arizona ever? Uh, absolutely you do i absolutely do all year when long. it's hot yeah i could do it I yeah, can including when it's it. an oven in the summer yeah okay all the right one thing
1: that, the one thing about arizona though and especially the phoenix area that i'm so fond of is get, it's getting so dense i know too many goddamn people you're you're almost a prisoner of like the different parts of town now, i've always loved scottsdale but then there's where the the football stadium like you you don't you're not that mobile you're kind of locked in by traffic. Oh, really? Which is, you know, you live in the D.C. area. Think yeah. about Tyson's Corner or something. You know, it's like, well, come on.
0: The thing about traffic, though, and I've been in some traffic in Phoenix before. It's never traffic predicated on shitty weather, where there's cars wiped out because no, of snow. No, the sun
1: causes a lot of a, a lot the of sun
0: uh, accidents. Oh,
1: the sun is brutal there. Yeah, really. Driving, sun accidents. Yeah, driving I have no west. Idea. To, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, that, that's rough, and old people and stuff like that.
0: Okay, well then we could uh, we dangerous. could go shopping for uh, real estate out in the desert hinterlands. And be like one of those preppers out in the desert.
1: Well, and that's what people were doing 20 years ago, and then and those now areas the... now are all built up and <laughs> swamped. Like that's the right. problem.
0: That's like where the Brewers train now, right? Yeah, yeah And I've well, not been there. How is oh, the, the Brewers training in Arizona? Brewers
1: train in Arizona in a terrible neighborhood, like the Mario. Basically, There's oh really? Much, yeah, they're in a bad part of West Phoenix. Not. Are a place cars where people on would blocks? Go. Uh yeah, in fact, okay. we always joke that the announcement at the end of the game is, "Please drive home safely in the car you came in." <laughs>
0: <laughs> is there fish tacos grilling on open no. barrel grills? No, no. Nothing, okay.
1: nothing like that. It's just kind of a rundown section of Phoenix that they thought would be gentrified with the ballpark, but it hasn't. It's been. Not it's happening not a, as of it's not yet. A good huh? spot of Phoenix. No, but uh, there are different neighborhoods now, and I don't. I like to be able to go to stuff, and I'm I'm in a I'm in a market that's got major stuff, but the traffic is you can drive anywhere in twenty minutes. Yeah. So the L.A., people who live in L.A., Chicago, Boston, Houston, who deal with that shit on a daily basis, tip my cap. God bless them, because they listen to sports radio a lot.
0: Yes, God bless them Guys indeed. in traffic. For that. Okay, we could talk about the weather all day. Let's get to the yes. big sports issues. Let's talk Des Bryant and the Packers. I had this great case all laid out for Des Bryant, comparing him to exactly the same stage 29 years old, has one Randy Moss, coming off a very bad season in Oakland when everyone thought he was just a, a hopeless malcontent. Patriots pick him up. They shine up that nice new penny, and they turn him into a touchdown-generating machine. I said, that could be Dez with Aaron Rodgers, even though I know Dez is a different type of player than uh, Randy Moss and probably not a Hall of Famer. But I said, the comparison is there. And then I turn around, Drew, and I see that Dez has already said, I don't want to play there too much history well great fuck that idea i guess so that story is going nowhere huh that that's what i love about this
1: kind of thing um des bryant can't go to the packers too much history he's lost a big game and had a catch wiped out at lambeau and yeah boo fucking who boo fucking who but then well playing with the giants would be crazy like they're your fucking division rival like don't you have history with them too you'd go to them but not green bay
0: Well, he's obsessed with, I want to show the Cowboys they made a mistake. And how many times have you seen, Drew, and I've seen, covering sports, the type of athlete that is intent on sticking it to his former team?
1: Oh, there was this guy that used to wear number four in our state. I
0: heard of that that, guy. uh, uh, Yeah,
1: had to maneuver his way to go to Minnesota so he could shove it up the Packers' ass. (laughs) Right. Yes. I mean, that's a a strong pull.
0: That's a recurring theme in sports. Athletes always want to say, These guys are gonna prove them wrong by playing two times against them every year. Or if it's another sport, I don't know, ten times or five times, or whatever the number is. Des
1: Bryant's a nice player. A lot of people around here though, they look at uh, Jordy Nelson was they're like we would have rather catch Jordy. Yeah, Yeah, and then if you were it would almost be like, You're gonna take that guy and he's twenty nine, he's still got some gas in the tank, he can still make an impact. The one thing I hate though is people say, Well, wouldn't he be a
0: distraction? Like Really who gives a shit Like distraction <laughs> I think that, I think the whole team chemistry and, and the team culture team I'd say culture and salary cap are the two most overplayed things yeah people don't the understand NFL. the
1: dynamic they don't understand like you know if you're going through stuff and you're on my team like it doesn't if it doesn't affect me directly, I don't really give a shit yeah you know your contract thing is not a distraction to anybody else but you and your agent.
0: So, the Packers better be good then with Cobb, Adams, Geronimo, or I mean, Allison, and who else? Well, Jimmy Graham. uh, And then Jimmy Graham. They
1: definitely want him to stretch the field. But, yeah, there's no doubt they'll draft a a, a fast wide receiver. And then they got uh, Trevor Bombscare Davis. um, Oh, yeah. The the guy who joked at
0: the airport. (laughs) Bomb, 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 bomb. I don't know why. Uh, did, Did people rip him for being an idiot there? Uh, oh, of course. Of all you the know, transgressions NFL things. players can commit, it's pretty low on the scale, isn't it? Low on the scale, absolutely. They've had guys caught,
1: you know, they had Latroy Guyon, and they've had other Johnny Jolly Oh, that's right. LaTroy. Issues, but did Latroy yeah, that, Guyon ever low. get
0: his truck back after they seized it? You I know, don't think he did. Qu- I don't think he did. I think they're like, fuck you, we're keeping it. Or his weed. Right. <laughs> had or his cash. Weed. You got yeah. a bunch of cash. You're like, yeah, you're probably a drug dealer. And he's like, cash, oh, yeah, prove it. And they go, well, we don't really have to. We're just gonna keep this and you can go now. Yeah, what do you mean but- I can go now? Yeah, uh you can go and we're gonna keep your truck. Oh, well that sucks. But it's better than going to jail, right? Absolutely. All right, Absolutely. So, so yeah, um uh, the the Des Bryant thing was
1: interesting, but the it's not really a Packers type move. No, nah, really he's isn't. What, that's a Redskins, Raiders, Giants move.
0: <laughs> but you went out and you got Jimmy Graham? Yeah. You went out last well, year, got Martellus Bennett.
1: Yeah, that didn't work out. You too went well. out and
0: got Charles Woodson once upon a time. That worked out good. Right. So there are name guys that you guys oh, yeah. go out and splurge for. And I think teams would be better. Well, what? Well, what?
1: Well, I, I was going to say, yeah, and yes, splurge. I mean, it's a new regime. Ted Thompson avoided free agency as often as possible. But now it's a, oh, a new GM, it like the so, plague.
0: Yeah. They, and they, how'd they that work a out? Lot.
1: Well, they've had a pretty good record, a pretty good run. He had a pretty good run, but they never got they didn't
0: break through. Okay, but generally speaking, weren't people pissed up there that they weren't signing any free agents? Absolutely.
1: People like the shiny toy. They like the right, you know, even the ones that don't work out. They'd rather ha- they'd rather swing and miss on a free agent than not swing. Yeah. I that's, guess so. That's the fan psychology. Big story up here though is that uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers
0: Charles Robinson Saw that Yahoo. Yahoo Sports now. Yeah Charles Robinson is well respected, correct? Yes. As a writer. Very well, source. so he's Very not connected. just a hot take or not just a blog merchant. He's a real writer, real journalist, big J journalist, right? Yes. And he reports that Aaron Rodgers, according to sources close to uh, Rodgers, not happy that the Packers are not even consulting him on major moves. And I guess this started with the sacking of Alex Van Pelt, right? They're a quarterback coach.
1: Yeah. And then the release of Jordy Nelson and the,
0: you know, that whole deal. And,
1: and yeah, then that-
0: maybe not asking him about other guys.
1: Yeah, um, that's kind of that's been kind of bubbling, and people around here, I mean, it's a national, like you said, a respected national guys reporting it, so it's going to get some run here. It'll it'll dominate the the news cycle. For Do a you day. believe it? I absolutely believe it. Yeah. Do you
0: believe that Aaron Rodgers could leave the Packers?
1: No, I mean they have. Why him, not? They have two more years on his deal and then two franchise years, so he's kind of indentured
0: that way. All right, but let's say let's say he just does not. Sign a new contract, which would make him in the next two years increasingly underpaid as quarterback salaries keep going up and up and up and up. But let's say he did it anyway because he doesn't need the money, gets money from uh, State Farm and all these other outside sources. At that point, and you have to use a franchise tag on him, how do you think that would go? Well, I mean, it wouldn't be ideal, but That's where the Packers have all the leverage right now. Okay, but as someone who is coming from a team that franchised their quarterback and it did not work out, I liken it to stealing your girlfriend's car keys in an argument so that she can't leave. And you're like, baby, 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 just settle down, man. We're going to work through this. I want to go home. I don't want to talk about this. Where the fuck are my car keys? You're like, I'll give them to you in just a second. It never goes well. Like, I don't think if you guys franchise... Aaron Rodgers it's oh, going to go well and I think that means he wants out and you guys are going to have to figure no, something well, out.
1: that's the hammer that they have though because well I just would you it,
0: use that on on Aaron Rodgers that hammer too. that's you the hit nuclear him over option. the head with but, it, the nuclear
1: option no but it's also a factor right now in in there in the uh, the Packers want to sign him but if he's going to be pissy about like the quarterbacks coach and stuff like that and I, I oh, don't know how pissy. you asked
0: for input. Pissy! Listen yeah. to you, unappreciative of Aaron Rodgers calling him. Pissy. Oh, not just, at all. No, I'm I, just I, teasing you right but, now. By no, the but no. But the
1: thing is, is, he's he's driving down Brett Favre Lane because this was. Remember, Brett Favre wanted Randy Moss, and they wouldn't get him, and he wanted. And, and they
0: Okay, in are <laughs> the GM. In retrospect, was Favre not correct?
1: Oh, he was absolutely correct about Randy Moss. How it been sick, nice to get
0: more. How sick could that have been?
1: Yeah, could
0: have been. But
1: this this thing though it, it'll get done. He'll be the highest paid. He'll be taken care of. He'll say all the right things. This but this <laughs> but to don't you, you think I the love passive aggressive leaks though? Don't is, is, is he's uh, leaking this to his people are leaking this to Charles Robinson. He wants people to know this, but he's savvy enough to play this game and he could come out and do an interview with any of a hundred people that he could talk right, to. Right. Well, and, and say, hey, you know,
0: it. it but it, how does he? How does how a player should, in his position he, ask sh-
1: for control over coaches and and. You know, personnel decision. I don't think he wants
0: control. I think he wants input. ask. Well, then, okay. Let me flip it around. Okay,
1: Let let me just say, okay, Aaron, we're thinking of releasing Jordy. We don't think he's got... No, I think he's got something left. I want him. Well, okay, we're releasing him. Then then what? You're still... We consulted you.
0: I think you'd feel better.
1: Your opinion was considered.
0: I think if you genuinely sat down with Aaron Rodgers and listened to his argument, and at the end of the day you said, you know what? Still, we've got to make this move. Then at least he would feel... Better okay, so I think
1: he's talking about lack of communication is frustrating him.
0: Well, you say you called it passive aggressive. What's Aaron Rodgers supposed to do? Publicly plant his flag and come out and give an interview saying this is ridiculous? I should be consulted. These are my wide receivers. Exactly. Why not? He's not going to do that because he doesn't want to look like the tool. Okay, literally. Why not? Why doesn't he want to look like no no no? Why 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 shouldn't a quarterback come out and plant his flag publicly and say? Hey, this is I make magic with these guys. You can't just go, we're cutting this guy because without even talking in, to me. Even his,
1: in his situation, the public tends to side with management ah, when it comes ah, to the
0: players. The I'm fans, glad you brought that up. Fans okay. will side with management. I'm glad you brought that up. Do you really think if you opened up your phones and took bank after bank of calls that more people would be with the Packers or with Aaron Rodgers?
1: Well, it, right now with Aaron Rodgers. But when the rubber hits the road... It's it, the psychology of it to me, Zabe. Is this Jordy Nelson was released by the Packers, and then some people squawked. Others accept that maybe he is done. You know that they made yeah. a football decision and stuff. But some people squawked, right? And the Packers let him go. And so, okay, that that it wasn't a relatively huge ripple. It's the biggest story of the Packers off season so far. But it's not. It okay, in terms
0: of but no, but I'm, I'm had Jordy all... Nelson
1: left via free agency, well, that ungrateful fuck. He should have taken less money and stayed. He should have helped the Packers win. He should have. They would have turned on him and a dime. When players okay. leave via free agency, they're greedy bastards and ungrateful.
0: True. And like, Get off you know. of Jordy for a second. I want yeah. to bring this back to Rogers. Okay. If Rogers stated publicly and planted his flag and said, this is a huge mistake, Jordy is still a great receiver, I'll make magic with him this coming year, I can't believe we got rid of him. You really think that fans would rip Aaron Rodgers for saying that? I know I wouldn't. No. I would stop and go, no. Maybe he's right. I almost think that Aaron Rodgers knows better than the fucking front office how good I, at Jordy Nelson is I and what disagree. his actual value
1: is. He's, he's the smartest guy in most rooms he's in. Yes. will
0: grant you. See, I'm getting to a point now where I think there might be a great quarterback awakening amongst the elite of the elite in which they realize we've got a bigger club than we ever realized, a bigger hammer, and we're going to now start swinging it because – Fuck these front offices and these nerd-ass pencil pushers and these capologists, and fuck these GMs who have never played in the league. I'm a quarterback that's worth $30 million a year minimum, and you know if I go down with a shoulder injury, your season's fucked. Like, you're fucked without me. What if Aaron Rodgers came out and said, yeah, yeah, that's funny. Remember when I got hurt? You were fucked. You rolled out a guy who couldn't play, so guess what? I'm the captain now. I'm the one to say, you want to, cut a, you want to cut a safety, you want to cut a lineman, fine. Wide receivers, fuck you. That's my department. He's staying, he's staying, fuck you. I'd love for a quarterback to do that, especially Aaron Rodgers. Now, the problem and the difficulty is going to be when a quarterback, not quite Aaron Rodgers, says, hey, man, I, I, I want to kind of do that, too. And then when like Jameis Winston is trying to pull the same thing down in Tampa, then you're gonna have an issue. Yeah. But with Brady and with Rodgers, and I'm not sure who else is on that plane. No. Maybe Drew Brees. Big Ben. Maybe Drew Brees. Maybe. I'm telling well, Drew you, Drew Brees wanted Jimmy Graham back. He wanted that reunion. I'm telling you, these these quarterbacks at that level, and I'll put those four in there. Is there anyone else that is in that pantheon of you're fucked without me? Not not at this
1: moment. OK,
0: those, those quarterbacks, they are underwielding their clout, both in terms of their voice as to who on offense they want and don't want, because they're the chef. They're the ones that say, yeah. I need this ingredient. I need that ingredient. That's number one. And they're undervaluing their clout when it comes to their contracts and their money. What these players should do, these quarterbacks, they should go golfing in the summer and say, here's the deal. No more fucking long-term deals. Year after year after year. And all of us, you Tom, you Drew, you Ben, me Aaron, we're going to say, I could go anywhere next year and I'd have no qualms about it. I don't care about my legacy. I'm not worried about being a one-team Hall of Famer. Fuck it. We are, we are the reason the NFL is popular, guys like us, and we're going to leverage our abilities to the max.
1: Player collusion basically yes player collusion like, play hardball and and st- wow. a,
0: um, let me tell you yeah. there would be a there would be a waking up up amongst all these teams like you've never seen good. before to start kissing their fucking asses because if that's how tom brady had played it these last 10 years in new england he wouldn't have had so many shit receivers to throw to and they're not shit he makes them good he makes them good but yeah. they're not high-priced guys
1: no, and then, but then they've, won, they've had a pretty good run without those high-priced guys.
0: They have, and the notion yeah. is, well, the reason they're having a good run is because players play, coaches coach, and yada, yada, yada. But yeah. if it's a quarterback and it's offensive weapons, if it was my team, if I was the owner, I would give deference to a guy like Rodgers. A guy like um, Derek Carr, no, fuck you. You're, you haven't no. proven yeah. anything yet, so we're going to give you who we're going to give you.
1: And that's the thing with Rodgers right now, and it's been well-documented. He has two years left on his contract, and then they could franchise him. So it's basically a four-year deal. And the Packers, that gives them the upper hand, like it or not.
0: I mean, he's the best player. Because
1: at the end of that, he's going to be 38.
0: And meaning he'll only have three more good years? Yeah. Three more awesome Super Bowl-caliber years? Because remember, by the— Healthy years, 38? Yes, because you know why, Drew? Because by that time, the NFL, they won't allow tackling of the quarterback. It'll be two-hand touching. Yeah, you're probably right. The
1: <laughs> kickoff's first, and then we'll take over. Give him a red jersey.
0: I've said that for years to yeah, make red the preseason are, red sexy. Red jerseys are coming, Drew. Red jersey, are the coming. fucking quarterback
1: in the preseason. They play in practice like that. You could definitely do it, and then that way you get to see the
0: quarterbacks in the, in the preseason. Give them a red jersey. They will mandate that quarterbacks can't scramble, and ex- in exchange for that, you can't tackle them
1: that'd be fan- I, wouldn't that make it'd the be preseason passing, more watchable?
0: It'd be a passing only league like the position would be yeah. passer wouldn't be Fuck, quarterback. 7 on 7. You can't run, you can only pass. And I've, you I've can't said, tackle them. It's part of
1: my reason for the uh yeah, that's part of my thing to improve the NFL preseason is just put a red, red jersey on the quarterbacks. When they do controlled scrimmages against teams, they do it.
0: Okay. Yeah. Let me put a quarter in the Bucks Celtics uh jukebox for you up there. How's the vibe on uh, the Bucks chances after a thrilling game one that unfortunately just didn't go their way
1: well it was a definite it's a definite fan test is your glass half empty or half full um the bucks didn't play well and yet took the celtics to overtime on a miraculous three actually two miraculous threes um that game was really weird it was a slog somebody had a great tweet and said this is the kind of game if it was a college game um you watch it and it sucks but then later on people try to convince you that it was great (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 'Cause the game was a slog, but then it there was. were a bunch of threes and it got crazy in the last minute, and then it was like, Oh, what a great game. Now it was a slog. It was hard to watch. It wasn't great.
0: Um How do you feel about this? The after action report, the final two minute report, according to the NBA, that the Giannis charge should have been a block and the Giannis sixth foul should have been a jump ball yeah how do you feel about how, that how is my I...
1: life enhanced by knowing that <laughs> and and well, he took 10 seconds he took too long to shoot free throws six times that should have been called oh you're one of those guys huh? no it, well that was the that was also part of their postgame analysis that he he he, he violated he made violations on oh six really? of free throws
0: yeah he held the ball too interesting. long interesting do you yeah. remember when Shaq used to step over the line yes and they never fucking called it never god never. I used to go crazy about that I was like how can you not call that
1: yeah. Of course, there's a lot wow. of shit
0: the NBA doesn't call. So I, I, got, the, uh, I got that final two-minute report from a man, Gitter, who is a high school basketball referee, and he's, of course, bitter about it. And I can tell that he's just not a fan of these final two-minute reports. In fact, I think a number of people in the sport, both players, coaches, and maybe some media members, have ripped it, saying, what good is it? I actually see the good in the F2M, as they call it, the F two M report, because it's just at least transparency. At least they're accounting for it. We fucked up. We fucked up. We fucked it's true. up. True. You don't present. You don't pretend that the- your refs are right. infallible. Right. You know? We're saying here's all the ways we fucked up, and we will try better next time. Like I presume when they say we fucked up, they didn't say well we fucked up and we don't care. It's we fucked up, and we're going to try to do better. Yeah,
1: I agree. The, the spirit of it is all right, but the bucks. All right, so the Bucs lose that game, and they're facing an undermanned Celtics team. My feeling is it's almost a no-win for the Bucs. They're going to fire their coach. They have to decide what to do with Jabari Parker. It's going to be for a playoff team, kind of a mini-makeover. Right. You know, And so yeah, you know, if they beat the Celtics, eh, they beat the Celtics, and then they could get swept the next round. Because the one thing I thought watching all the, the first weekend of the playoffs is that the Bucs and Celtics are in no position to beat anybody but each other. They, if, they, if you pulled them out and played them, even your Wizards, are, they wouldn't win. There's no way.
0: Right. So it's kind of a fun run. So, yeah, that's
1: what this is. It's kind of an exercise in futility, but they're playing each other, and somebody's going to move on and then lose the next round. Okay. And it's, um, can the Bucks win this? Yes. I still think that push comes to shove. The Celtics have a better coach and a better idea of what they are and who they are and what they do. The Bucks okay. still don't have that. They have Giannis and no idea
0: beyond that. All right, let's talk, of course, everybody's favorite sport. Baseball, Drew. Baseball. Visible. Give me the uh situation on the uh Brewers as we are rounding into All right, that. uh
1: Brewers are off to a somewhat disappointing start, but they're playing a lot of games. 'Cause they're 'cause of the Miller Park. They haven't been postponed. You gotta yet. like
0: that, huh? Smartest <laughs> decision that. ever. Baseball oh. has been plagued with like the most snow out rain outs in the month of April ever, pretty yeah. much. It's been yeah, it's been god awful.
1: Uh Brewers have They haven't really had all their bullets yet. They've had uh, a couple guys injured, and it's been kind of patchwork in their game under 500. No reason for panic yet, but
0: uh, definitely not the start that they wanted. Elsewhere, the Mets, are they for real? I know the Nats came back from a big deficit last night, but are the Mets for real, or is this just a sugar high out of the gate?
1: They have good pitching. Uh, No, I would say Pittsburgh's a sugar high. The Mets might be decent, but I still think I see the Mets in the 85-win mix. Okay, yeah.
0: Boston's legit. They're 13-2 and two out yeah. of the gate. Uh, the Angels are 13-3. Shohei Otani. Uh, have I gotten your full measure of Shohei Otani? I know uh, other friend of Zabe, Jay Cottrell, is so down on Shohei Otani, although he's, he's starting to hedge his bets going. Uh,
1: how can you be down? The he said, good.
0: Jay said before the season, he said, this guy's going to be the biggest bust ever because he had a shitty preseason. Yeah. Other so-called esteemed baseball minds like, uh, Mike Francesa and Mad Dog Russo also bashed oh, Otani right. after preseason only, and now he's kicking ass. Yeah. I,
1: I saw um friend of show, Dave Shinen, from the Post, Washington Post. Uh, there's a name drop right there. He, um, he did a story about Otani and this, what the crush of Japanese media and what it's like for those guys to follow him 24-7. And what he's doing is he's no pregame availability. He's like the only baseball player, the only player in baseball that – Officially, has a no pregame availability. Really, even on days that he doesn't pitch, and that's because
0: of the crush of because of the crush. Because there's a
1: hundred guys following him around. God, it's amazing. And it's 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 a circus unto itself. And that that may wear. You talk about distractions. That may end up wearing on the Angels because Socha has to answer questions. Because these poor bastards have to produce a story or content about him every even day. If he, even if he just eats a sandwich and doesn't play.
0: Right. That's why wasn't every there, day wasn't there a tabloid bounty on Ichiro's dick. In a picture with the Mariners. That was the, the rumor.
1: Yeah, that was a rumor. I, I don't know if it's, that was true or not. But who it was cares? Who cares if no it's true? Him? That was the rumor. That's yeah. what I like to hear. You like those rumors, uh, the guys. But yeah, so the guys have to deal with that. And then Sosha's going to get asked questions about Otani like every day and relentlessly. <laughs> Even if he like he's got the day off today. Well, why? And what do you think? And how would Otani have? done I mean, uh, those guys. It's a they got to feed the beast, man. Imagine imagine dropping yourself in to cover the Redskins at Redskins Park or the Packers up at the Packers Complex and you're only focused on one guy and your editors if, if that are like, guy's got a hamstring and he's out for a couple days you still got to
0: produce like what did he have for lunch what yeah. was his workout today what did he do you have to come up with stuff yeah. editors are like i need another story today like another one nothing happened yeah well find one fuck you make one <laughs> exactly <laughs> fuck you put a story out we need pay the me. clicks you yeah. tell yeah. me he's you, a good player though he's good okay you tell me if this is impressive or not bryce harper broken bat home run And Lobatone setting up inside the barrel of the bat Flew all the way to the screen and look at this See you
1: later on a broken bat The bat hit the screen behind the bat boy And Bryce Harper hits it out of the yard (laughs) I think Roy Hobbs just hit a home run I know it's happened before, I've never seen it A broken bat home run for Bryce Harper, are you kidding me? They have no idea. They don't know what they're doing. Who's directing this
0: movie? That's uh that's F. P. Santangelo. How rare? How impressive um, is a broken bat home run? Very rare, freakishly impressive. I guess. I mean, I you
1: know. <laughs> you
0: and know what does it say what about do you? Measure Bryce? it against. What does it say about Bryce Harper that he's good at hitting the baseball? He's really good at hitting the baseball. Okay. Yeah. Beyond that, what does it say about Bryce Harper? Um, he makes great he, contact. He's high in what barrels.
1: His... Yeah, well, I wonder what the bat
0: manufacturer feels about that. Is well, that a
1: good thing for the bat or a bad thing?
0: Aren't these bats now, and the type of wood they're using on bats right now the Maple?
1: Is, yeah, most of them are maple. Aren't it's the harder. maple
0: bats now, aren't they shattering more? No, the handle they're supposed area? to be
1: less. I mean, it's supposed to be less. less. than ash? Less than, uh, yeah, definitely okay. less than ash, yeah. Huh. And they're they're hard-cooked, harder wood, but um, yeah, that was really impressive. I think the more impressive feat of strength would be, I don't know if it was Maguire, McGuire, like somebody... Broke a bat on a check. Jim Rice broke a bat on a check swing. Oh, really? He created so much force (laughs) that when you stop, like the bat broke.
0: Oh, without hitting the ball.
1: Yeah. Oh, just without hitting the ball, just stopping the swing. Like
0: that's some serious fucking hand, serious speed and wrist strength, right there. Bat speed. Yeah, that's
1: it. But yeah, I don't know. Like, how thin is his handle? How how.
0: I, and where sure. did he hit it and, on and, the bat, right? Yeah,
1: where did he hit it on the bat, and what, where was, uh, you know, how cold was it? Like, that's, it was
0: fucking cold. I once, it was New York I, in April, baby. I
1: once went to an indoor golf dome, Zabe, in a January uh, January in Wisconsin. My buddy had his clubs in the trunk all winter. Indoor. And I took his Cleveland driver into this one of these little bubbles where you can hit 80 yards into the back wall. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. But yeah, you're, yeah. you're just hitting balls. And uh, the the head snapped it for just like Bryce Harper. I hit a majestic (laughs) drive, and there goes the head cartwheeling (laughs) down. It's like, how long these clubs been in your trunk all winter? Well, you dumb
0: fuck! I didn't even feel bad about breaking his driver. Yeah. Finally, on baseball, do you uh, believe that there is genuine concern the game is too slow for the new younger generation?
1: Not. No. There. There are things they can do to speed it up. the The biggest thing to me is time between pitches. But we're in the, the soup we're in where. More guys are going deeper in accounts. More strikeouts. More walks. Right. You can't. You can't put that genie back in the bottle. Nobody. About, the, the bad hitters used to swing at the first pitch because they didn't want to get to two strikes. And then when guys got to two strikes, they choked up, spit on their hands, and tried to just put the ball in play. No one does that anymore because no one gives a shit about striking out. There's no stigma, and that's just the way the game has evolved. You can't do anything about that. But just guys stepping out, pitchers being afraid to throw. I'm all about the pitch clock. I'm down with it. Okay. What about
0: the ghastly attendance so far? In Major League Baseball. Uh, it's
1: more weather-related than anything. I mean, okay. ratings are good. It's, Even in you know, some
0: of the California cities and dome cities where the teams are bad, terrible. I mean, the Marlins are single-handedly dragging down attendance. Oh, I mean, absolutely. They got outdrawn by their Double A affiliate the other yeah, day.
1: that's pathetic. And Jeter and those guys, I mean, they're killing baseball in a market where you think it'd be impossible to kill baseball. But they're, interesting, they're doing a good job.
0: Interesting piece in National Review by one Nicholas Frankovich who writes, too slow for, quote, newer, younger fans is what old people said about baseball back when I was a newer, younger fan myself. You know, the glory days when George Hendrick roamed center field to the ironic cheers of a fraction of the approximately 3,000 Clevelanders scattered across the cavern that was Municipal Stadium, built the seat 27 times that number. Is that true? 27 yeah. times 3, 40. Uh, 54, wow, they played baseball in a 78,000-seat stadium. Municipal stadium. I never went there. Did you ever go there? I did. (laughs) How was it? Uh, Mausoleum. Shit old. Yeah, mausoleum. He writes, uh, Frankovich writes, games were shorter then. Also, they were poorly attended even by today's standards, not just in Cleveland but across all of baseball. In 1974, the average attendance per game was half what it was last season when the average game was longer by 36 minutes. Yeah. So his argument is... They've been saying that forever. His argument is, show me the proof that longer games is actually hurting baseball. No. We used
1: to talk that... Uh, Bud Selig used to always say that those games that went late, that everybody bitches about, that kids couldn't watch and everything... People leave? Um the The ratings go up as oh, the, okay. the later the games go like world series and playoff games the longer they go the ratings go up
0: although that's in part because it starts moving into prime time out west true and so it's nine twitter. nine o'clock but midnight but in on the, the east. east is nine o'clock in la yeah, but if,
1: if the game's good people and then people see about it on twitter and they join in and they they pick it up and, and twitter they, wasn't around when bud was running the show uh, yeah, it was, it was, but uh, it was the, the thing with baseball to me, Zabe, is that you we just talked about a Bryce Harper highlight and Mike Trout. Otani's getting all the international love, but Mike Trout's one of the best players in the game. Plays for the Angels. Those guys could put on a jockstrap and walk through most offices in the United States and not be recognized.
0: And the whose fault? Baseball. Is
1: that? Well, baseball's been it's an incredibly strong regional sport where you people will watch their home team every night and you don't give a shit about Sunday night baseball between two teams that you want, that you don't root for. Right. That's what they, and I don't know how they get that back. They used to market stars with, you know, Ken Griffey jr. And then maybe it's because of the taint of the steroid guys that poisoned a generation where everybody hated bonds and Clemens and they turned against the stars, but people love the baseball is so strong in the regional markets, but nationally there's no, and this is the sport that invented fantasy sports. But yeah. no one gives a shit about watching unless except for the eggheads, a few guys remaining that play fantasy baseball, no one gives a shit about I mean, God bless them, but no one's going to care about the the Astros and the, the Rangers or right. no, no one's going to you just know, out of market games are nothing, but in market, the game's really never been stronger.
0: Yeah, it's a weird thing. I think hockey's the same way. You care about your team. I know this in D.C. where our team bows out early almost every year. Oh, God. Set your watch. Yeah, there is there is intense interest in the hometown hockey team when they're in it. As soon as they're out, nobody is breaking down Boston versus Pittsburgh in the Eastern Conference Finals. Nobody. That's true.
1: Now, and another thing. um, To spin this in a different direction, Zay. With the NFL, everybody said, oh, the NFL ratings are down, Papa John's, the protests, everything, right? What league is more socially active and
0: progressive than the NBA? And their ratings are up. And they're up. I know. Explain that dichotomy to me. Well, look, it's a different fan base, too, Drew. The football fan base is more conservative, more Southern, more Bible banging, and more, you know, American.
1: Don't more don't white football
0: too. Seems to cut across. It's more white. Now you know we yeah, all assume everyone is the same well, amount football fan as they are NBA fan. That's not hey, necessarily wh- true.
1: What I'm finding is the guys at the lower end of the sports radio demographic, 25 to 54, are NBA junkies. They're saber oh, They yes. want to be. They oh. want to be GMs.
0: They're oh, yeah. deep
1: into this crap now. They, they, they're deep into the weeds on the NBA. They they have the the ticket and the league pass. And they will watch the out-of-market games that don't interest
0: people well, in baseball. Well, here's the difference, though, is that the NBA, because they have that rule put in place by the by David Stern that the anthem is sacred, you stand for it, and we'll let you do whatever you want, wear a warm-up shirt that says Free Meek Mill if you want. It It put the anthem off limits. It put a red velvet rope, Drew, around the anthem. And so that allows people who revere the anthem revere america no. want respect for it to be able to say i can go to an nba game because all right they're wearing a t-shirt over free mcmill fuck i don't care yes no whatever no. but at least for the anthem we're all standing that's the difference yeah. now are you think, saying no in a dismissive it, no. way you don't I'm understand no. the difference of that
1: no i no the, the thing is here's the thing the nba doesn't have to deal with the racist fan base that football does because racist sports fans Dismiss the NBA because it's too hip hoppy and it's too black.
0: Well, racist sports fan does all kinds of makes all kinds of decisions based on his own racist perceptions. True, you can't control that. But the NBA, but they
1: watch football and not as much NBA.
0: Here's the thing: the NBA, the anthem is not involved in any NBA protests.
1: The anthem is also not involved ah. in any NBA telecasts. Oh, <laughs> like sorry. they never show it.
0: Well, that you're right. That's true as well. But yeah. in the NFL. The, the anthem is now co-opted by the players as their stage for a protest. And that will always rub yeah. a certain number of people wrong, no matter what you say.
1: One might say that the NFL
0: created that by
1: well, flyovers, huge flags, military. You're
0: right. You're right. There's a, whole, there's a whole separate argument about who invited this into their game presentation. It was the NFL where they took money from the Department of Defense yeah, for some of these, you know, pro uh, these what you may call it these uh, promotions uh, with the military stuff because they're the NFL; they're whores, you know, they're whores yeah. for more money. They don't care. So I am not saying who's to blame. I am saying why is the NBA different? It's because there is a red velvet rope around the anthem, and then it allows fans who, you know, just want to stand for the anthem and not be bothered by people kneeling or raising a fist to say, "Okay, you can wear a T-shirt." But when it's time for the anthem, we uh, stand for the anthem.
1: I don't give a shit what anybody does during the anthem. I You're one of those guys? Care. Yeah, I just don't care.
0: So if somebody picks it's, their nose during the anthem? The... How about somebody talks to you during the anthem? Um, that pisses me off. I've had yeah, I friends just looks, try to... I
1: just look straight ahead and just ignore yeah. them until it's over. But it's a, a, that's the whole idea of the anthem. It's the whole idea of our country. Do what you want during it.
0: But you say you don't care. Uh, yeah, well, I don't I don't care because do you, you can like do it? what you want. Do you like it? If, what if somebody was talking on their phone loudly? Oh, uh, yeah, Bill, I'll be there Thursday. Uh, is the mower ready? During the anthem. You'd have no he problem with should that?
1: Be, well, I think that society takes care of it. Don't people tell him that he's being a nozzle? Or do you, I mean. I'm but asking, then again, like, I'm asking
0: it, what would you think of that how, guy? I oh, I think he's a douchebag. Okay. Well, that's all I, I, I say that to
1: a lot of people. I think that about a lot of people that I encounter <laughs> on a daily basis. Zabe. <laughs> Okay. Like the guys who w- walk into a nice restaurant with their hat on, with a baseball cap on. That you know.
0: Would you tell a guy like that on his yeah. phone to shut the fuck up during the anthem? No, or would you? You wouldn't do that. No, I wouldn't. Do what that. if he was a little pencil neck weasel? You knew you could beat up. Uh, I still wouldn't do it. Okay, you're a non you're a non involved, non
1: confrontational. Okay. No. Right. no, I'm not.
0: Like you know, well, with that. We bring our visit to a close this week, Drew. Oh, baby, I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. Ha ha! Fuck that guy! Fuck that guy. All right. Here we go. Fuck that guy. Who in sports deserves the big middle finger, Drew? All right. I'm going to go with, uh, believe it or not, MVP
1: voters. What? MVP voters. In what sport? All sports.
0: (laughs) All sports. I've been one.
1: I've been one. Tell me why. All right. This the inconsistency of thought and the search for narratives and just the whole argument. I mean, I know it's our bread and butter to argue about MVPs and stuff, but it struck me going in that people have a floating scale and there's MVP fatigue. Because to me, the NBA is what's got me on this. LeBron's the MVP. I agree. And to consider anybody else, Harden's had a great year. and He's a great player. And last year, what gets me is Russell Westbrook last year got it. He won the MVP. Why? Because he averaged a triple-double. Yeah. And then there were people who said, "Well, it wasn't that great. They were a shitty team, and they didn't he didn't have anybody near him." And he there's got also all been rebounds. a
0: statistical explosion in the NBA where everyone's numbers are rising like the tide.
1: True. So it was like, but that got him the that got him the award last year, and then this year he did the same thing only with Carmelo and Paul George. Well, you
0: see, he still may get it. He, you, I doubt it. The, usurping the argument that he did it without any help I on know. his team. Now he's got more help, and they now, were worse as a team. But and, yeah, yeah. And, and they still made the
1: playoffs, and he's still like the same basic player. But he's now he's going to be like fifth or sixth in most people's ballots and their idea of the MVP. And it's a sliding scale with the narrative. And I, I voted last year. I think my vote for the BBWA was um, NL Manager of the Year. Yeah. And that was Tori Lovella. But I, I, then I thought, well, wait, because to me – Joe Madden's the best manager in the National League, like year in and year out. But we go for the narrative, we go for the, you know, the story. What was the best, like rags to riches for that award? And it's the same thing with MVP. It's like there's LeBron fatigue. So to so everybody out, to somebody there. else. But to everybody out there, I just want consistency of thought, okay. and I, I want you know predictability, and just don't be a wind sock with the the MVP, and don't. Don't just, well, we can't give it to LeBron again. Why okay. not?
0: All right. So you know? to most MVP voters in most sports, you say? Fuck you. <laughs> fuck that guy. Why fuck, fuck that guy goes to one Smiley Kaufman, PGA Tour player. Why? Because Smiley Kaufman got married last week. He got married during what should have been SB2K18 with the fellow 20-something PGA Tour dude bros, Ricky Fowler, Jordan Spieth, and Justin Thomas. Boo! Smiley, you want to get married and end your career as a single bachelor? Do it away from SB2K18. I'm pissed. Fuck that guy, Smiley (laughs) Kaufman. Although it looks like they had fun. All right, Drew, where can people reach you in case they're aggrieved, angered, curious?
1: Tweet at me. I've had people come up to me in public and say that they're one percenters, Zabe. They love the pod. Good. I love it. And they can tweet at me at Drew Olson, M-K-E. On the Big 920 and the Big 1070, Milwaukee and Madison in the iHeart uh, radio app.
0: Very good, Drew. See you next week. You bet. Let's end with this today. The headline grabbed me, I'll admit it. It's not clickbait, it's a hell of a story. Man with three faces getting used to new identity. Wah, wah, wah? What the hell did you just say? I told you, man with three faces. Jerome Hammond is getting used to his new nickname, the man with three faces. He remains in a Paris hospital three months after undergoing his second face transplant. His new face, the third one he has had, so he had the original, then he got a transplant, that didn't take, got a second face. This one, the the third face now remains smooth and motionless, with his skull, skin, and features yet to be fully aligned, which is a gradual process reliant on the immunosuppressant drugs, which will hopefully prevent his body from rejecting this second face transplant. Said, I feel very well with myself. He's 43 years old, uh, continues to recover from the surgery. Can't wait to get rid of all this, he said, speaking with difficulty about all the major treatment he's undergone since becoming the first one to have received a second face transplant. Uh, Hammond suffers from neurofibromatosis type 1, a genetic mutation which causes severely disfiguring tumors and related complications. And it was because of this that he had to have a full face transplant, including tearing out tear ducts and eyelids. Oof. Gets me to thinking of two things. Number one, the movie Face Off with Nick Cage, in which science or which the movie predicted science someday being able to effortlessly swap people's faces that's the first thing I think of and we're still a long ways from that and the second thing I thought of was the classic Seinfeld scene in which Kramer realizes smoking is ruining his face hey buddy hey you should come over tonight's pipe night (laughs)
1: looks like an old catcher's myth. What? Look at that. Her face is all craggly. It's crinkly. It's from all that smoke. You've experienced a lifetime of smoking in 72 hours. What did you expect? Well, emphysema, birth defects, cancer, but not this. Jerry, you know, my face is my livelihood. uh, Everything I have, I owe to this face. It's my allure, my my twinkle. My twinkle. Your your teeth teeth are all brown. (laughs) Look away,
0: I'm... I'm hideous. Gotta be tough if you have to undergo a severe facial reconstruction of any sort, especially a complete face transplant. I think... If it was me, uh, unless the face transplant went really, really well, I'd go around like Daft Punk. I would just have a helmet on and a visor and maybe some sign on that says uh, excuse my face, but uh, I've had some surgery. Anyway, best of luck to to the man with three faces. And yes, the movie Face-Off, 1997. Nick Cage and John Travolta in an In an order to foil an extortion plot, an FBI agent undergoes a facial transplant surgery and assumes the identity and physical appearance of a terrorist, but the plan turns from bad to worse when the same terrorist impersonates the FBI agent. Lots of good boat stunts, other physical stunts. Go check it out if you haven't already. All right, that'll be a wrap for today. If you know the drill, tell two friends and vow a lifetime oath to the Cast. Leave a positive review. Download, subscribe at all the major podcast outlets, iTunes, Google Play, Overcast, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and more. And as Dan Rather once closed the CBS Nightly News, courage, especially if you have no face. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.